Good evening, and as always, thank you for tuning in this evening, and I pray that you've had a wonderful day. I pray that uh, wherever the Lord had you, you viewed it as an opportunity uh, to make a difference, uh, to love people, and to be the salt and life of the earth. If you don't feel like you succeeded at that, uh, remember that the Lord is forgiving and that all we can do is do what he wants us to do uh, going forward. So tonight we're on question 14 and 15. And uh, it feels good to be back in my office not sitting in a parking lot. But two questions tonight that we're going to be looking at is why the shepherds and why the angels? It looks like we're going to finish right on schedule with our study. Uh, next week we'll just do one chapter at a time, but should end up right before Christmas with this. Um, the shepherds. Why the shepherds? And uh, if you have the little book and you're reading, I hope that you are. Um, we know that the shepherds were very looked down on. And uh, we talked about this a little bit last night, but because we were so short of time and uh, all of those things, I really wanted to address it again. If you remember back in the book of Genesis, when Pharaoh uh, calls for Joseph's brothers, Joseph tells them these words. When Pharaoh calls for you and asks you for your occupation, said Joseph, he will let you live here in the region of Goshen, for the Egyptians despise shepherds. We see this simple understanding that Shepherds were not looked on down on just by the Jewish culture, but by the known world. And so when we begin to see this unfold in this story of Christmas, I think it's very important to really call our attention to the thing and this truth that what the world says is worthless. What the world despises, God can redeem. When we come to Jesus, we come humbly. We come with nothing to offer other than ourselves. We don't bring our money. We don't bring our talents. We don't bring our great ideas. We come simply and honestly and humbly to the Lord. The world will look at us and think we are foolish because why? We have given up the pursuit of the things of this world. When you tell someone that you're willing to forgive them rather than hold a grudge, the world looks at us and says, but why? When the world tells us that we're going to forsake the pleasures of ourselves to obey and follow the Lord wherever he may send us, 
the world says, why? When we build our life not upon the here and now, but that we are storing up our treasures for heaven, the world says, why? You see, the Christian faith is totally and backwards to the way that the world thinks. And what worries me so much about people who come to church is the fact that most people want to be in church, but be exactly like the world. And the Bible says we're not. The Bible says we don't think like the world. We don't talk like the world. We don't live like the world because to the world, Jesus is foolish. To the world, serving him is foolish. And so when we look at the shepherds, always remember that while the world might not think we're great, while the world might not think we are accomplishing or achieving much, if we're following him in humility, we are making an eternal difference. But why the angels? There is probably not more of a topic in the Christmas story that has more amazement and wow than the angels. We think about these whitely dressed um, flying creatures with gold halos, and really that's all just artist rendition. But we do know the Bible tells us that when people encountered angels, they were repeatedly told to do not be afraid. So their power and their might and their splendor must be great, must be something to behold. But yet we know that angels serve a purpose. They serve the Father, care for the needs of the saint, and what we see in the Christmas story, deliver messages that are overwhelming for people to hear. Zachariah was told that he would be the father of John the Baptist, even though they were too old to have children. Mary learned that the Son of God would be born to her, yet she was a virgin. Joseph was reassured that he should support Mary and take her as her wife, yet she was pregnant and it was not his. The shepherds were urged to hurry to Bethlehem and worship the king. And so this remarkable event happens. The wise men, they were warned in a dream not to go back to Herod. We think about the angel that spoke to Zechariah was comforting, but yes, also disciplined him for his doubt. When we think of Gabriel who visited Mary, we see again that he is comforting and reassuring her. I think though that the shepherds probably had the most remarkable event because as we see in this little book on page 63 and we read in the, the Gospel of Luke, the angels was singular when the angel appeared to the shepherds and told them that something amazing had happened in Bethlehem. But then the Bible says, suddenly the angel was joined with a fast ho vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying glory to God in the highest, heaven and peace on earth to whom God is pleased. Now, can you imagine this, the splendor and wonder of one angel? But then the sky burst open 
with thousands, multitudes of angels. It would have been, as David Jeremiah says, greater than any fireworks show, more splendor than any celebration. It was a little peek into what the glory and majesty of heaven would look like. And so can you imagine being told not to tremble with one angel, what their heart would have done to see thousands upon thousands, what their their response would have been. I'm sure they were dumbfounded. I'm sure they could do nothing but worship and honor and think, wow, what have we been given? And once that disappears, we know they begin the journey to Bethlehem. But can you imagine what they're thinking? Are we nuts? Did that really just happen? Maybe they were speechless. But yet they had had an encounter with God. Even though they were considered nobodies according to the world. And so tonight I hope that you've had an encounter with Jesus. I hope tonight that you have trusted him as the Lord and Savior of your life. I hope tonight that you know without a shadow of a doubt that you have been saved, born again, and are a part of the family of God. Even if the world says you're a nobody, even if Satan tries to convince you that your past is too bad, God wants to encounter you. God wants a relationship with you. And those people that you work with, live with, come into contact with who drive you nuts. God wants to have an encounter with them as well. And so as always, I pray that the Lord would bless you, uh, take care of you. And if I can ever pray for you or help you in any way, please feel free to let us know. God bless you. Lord willing, we'll see you tomorrow night. Uh, For those of you who are 10 milers and have the book, we'll be finishing it up tomorrow night uh, here at church. And then we'll continue going through it on the nightly devotion. So God bless, and we'll see you tomorrow.